A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You always want to do things more than one time. And some things you can only do one time, like dying. But I shouldn't have said that because it's really depressing. However, this does happen in wrestling all the time. So I thought I, Simon Miller here from What Culture Wrestling, would go through every single one-time WWE champion and rank them worst to best. And no, you're not going to agree, but that's the beauty of life. Rey Mysterio. None of this was Rey Mysterio's fault. I mean, even when he became the world heavyweight champion, Pat Patterson basically had to go to Vince McMahon every day, go, please, please, why don't we do it? And when we eventually pulled the trigger, Vinny went, well, he's not very tall, so why don't we just have him lose all the time? I mean, that's flubby stupid. At least he was allowed to hold it for a while, though, because when he won the WWE Championship, I mean, this was absolutely mad because he held it for around about eight minutes. This was in 2011 after CM Punk had retained his WWE Championship Man in the Bank but then left the company, meaning we had to have a mini tournament to crown a new one. Rey Mysterio did win this, but then John Cena just walked out and said, actually, I would like to fight you for it. And as you already know, big match John won. What the hell were we doing? The 22 Kane. While Kane would also go on to win the big gold belt a few times, when it came to the WWE title, he held it once, which was at the now infamous 1998 King of the Ring. Stealing it from Steve Austin, where beforehand Kane had also gone, me, I will make you bleed, Austin. He didn't say that, it was far more intimidating. But I think that one was funnier. This was the whole reason we did that stipulation, because The Undertaker came out and Mankind came out, and they were all throwing steel chairs around. One hit the rattlesnake, the red stuff did come from his head, he had to lose, Kane was a champ. As it turned out, this was just a proper raw rating, because 24 hours later, Steve Austin did win that thing back. I can't tell a lie. I mean, you have to be there. This was like one of the coolest things ever. And while we probably could have done better by the big red machine, well, I don't care. But 21, Stan Stasiak. The idea of a transitional champion came into play because back in the day, promotions didn't want to do a babyface versus babyface match. Therefore, you gave it to a heel in the interim, and then they could go and lose it to the other good guy. The very first of these, if history serves us correctly, too, was Stan Stasiak, only the fifth guy to hold the WWF Championship. He beat Pedro Morales, he held it for nine days, and then he came up against Bruno San Martino, and well, you know the rest. He never got another look in after this, but he does have to be in the record books, because again... First ever transitional champion. Number 20, Vince McMahon. I mean, it was always going to happen. Because in 1999, when Triple H won his first WWE title, 
he was defeated by Vincent Kennedy McMahon after Stone Cold Steve Austin, who hated Triple H so much, came out to interfere. I remember all of this. I still cannot believe it. And sure, I get it. We probably could have put this at the bottom of the list. But like all things with McMahon in the late 90s, he somehow made it work. Like it was so goofy, you just have to laugh. And the best part was, he was never even pinned to lose it. Number 19, Jeff Hardy. While Jeff Hardy's work with the World Heavyweight Championship was excellent when it came to the WWE title, well, it was a little less memorable. Now this all happened in 2009 and it was crazy because it was meant to be Triple H versus Vladimir Kozlov versus Jeff Hardy, but then Jeff Hardy was out and Edge took his position. So then we got to Armageddon and it was Edge Triple H versus Jeff Hardy. Somewhat incredibly, Jeff won. Now seeing his journey culminate like this was like, oh my gosh, how did he do it? But he only held it 42 days when he came up against the rated R superstar and Edge just won it back. And sure, this was due to interference from brother Matt Hardy, but nobody really wanted to see the Hardy Boys feud. So while I'm glad this happened, Probably could have been a bit better. Number 18, Bray Wyatt. Now we have talked about transitional champions already and when it comes to Bray Wyatt and the WWE title, I would say he ticks that box. Because even though he did surprise us all to win it at the 2017 Elimination Chamber, every fan started to go, well he's just gonna lose it to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. I can tell you, he's gonna lose it to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. And then two months later, he lost it to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. The real shame though was that during this, there was a bunch of weird stuff going on, including at one point where it looked like Bray was projecting sperm <laughs> onto the ring cat. Let's just not talk. It didn't go well. WWE did not do right by Bray. Number 17, Big E. Now this one is going to upset me for a long ass time because when Big E did cash in his money in the bank briefcase to become the WWE champion, I was so damn happy. This guy is basically my hero and like Mr. Burns, he had done it. The real problem though is that straight after this, somebody decided that Big E shouldn't be the WWE champion and he was not booked strong enough at all. This meant when we got to the day one pay-per-view not long after this, Brock Lesnar did just beat him in a five way. Look at my face, I'm still sad and I'm gonna keep everything crossed. He gets another crack at it. Number 16, Jinder Mahal. Now everybody gets mad about the Jinder Mahal title raid, but it is not his fault. What would you have done? Vince McMahon walks into your bedroom for some reason and says, Harry pal, do you want to be the WWE champion? You'd have gone, oh no, Reddit and the internet may hate me. You bite his hand off. He was also champion for 170 days, which is pretty good. And while this never connected with the WWE universe, I actually thought it was all right. I thought Jinder did the best that he could with it. I mean, it's never gonna go down in the history books, but I thought it was fine. I mean, should we build him up more as a contender instead of just going, oh, but uh, you're the champion now. Of course we should have done, but again, is that Mahal's fault? Absolutely not. Number 15, the Iron Sheik. When the Iron Sheik beat Bog Backlund to end his legendary WWF title reign in 1983, nobody could believe it. Like, Bog was meant to be unbeatable now he had been defeated. It was even more crazy because the Sheik locked in the camel clutch for so long, Bob Backlund's manager, Arnold Scarlett, had to throw the towel in. So fans were losing their minds here. They were like, oh my gosh, we've gone to the top of the mountain to win the floor. As we have talked about a few times though, Sheiky Baby was just the transitional champion because he held it for 28 days before he came up against Hulk Hogan. Once again, the rest writes itself. The 14, Buddy Rogers. On the 11th of April, 1963, Buddy Rogers became the first ever WWF champion after winning a tournament in Brazil. Now, between you and me, don't tell anyone, 
I don't think that tournament ever happened. This all came after Vince McMahon Sr. had decided he didn't want to work with the NWA anymore and he was going to form his own company. And good grief, talking about sliding doors moment. The real crazy story here is that Buddy Rogers was picked to be the first champion and he was meant to have a long run. But after 36 days, he suffered a minor heart attack and decided he had to retire. And that was that. He did really help establish this new company though. And of course, he would drop it to Bruno Sammartino. And I know we've already talked about that, but in case you don't know, go and Google his title reigns. I mean, you're just gonna laugh out loud. The 13 Dean Ambrose. How did Dean Ambrose not have more than one WWE title reign? I mean, you can pick any kind of clip from his run with WWE. Fans are cheering and fans love him. No, we weren't allowed to do it. He did indeed use his Money in the Bank briefcase at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view in 2016 to cash in on former friend Seth Rollins. And all of this was set up so well and he had such a good reaction. I knew he'd lose it eventually because of course, but I assumed this was going to be one of many. And it just wasn't. He held it for 84 days before he did lose it to AJ Styles. But this is where the silver lining comes in. If you've never seen that feud, make sure you check it out. It was one of the best of the year. 12 Sergeant Slaughter. While Sergeant Slaughter's best days were definitely behind him when he did become the WWF champion at the Royal Rumble 1991, surely not even he realized what was about to happen. I mean, for one, he was brought back into the company to defeat the Ultimate Warrior after Vince McMahon decided the Ultimate Warrior project wasn't working. And this is also when the Iraq War was going on. So the powers that be decided, well, we've got Sergeant Slaughter, who's an army guy. He's gonna be taking on Hulk Hogan. Why don't we tie into that? If you know, you know, and if you don't know, never ever watch this. But of course, this is kind of a transitional champion thing once again. We didn't want to do Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan Rand 2, so it was up to Sarge to do the honors. But flub me sideways. We did this in the worst way possible. Although, as ever, Slaughter did the best job that he could. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Number 11, Rob Van Dam. Now, in many ways, Rob Van Dam should never be part of a list like this because many people thought he was going to have multiple reigns. And then when he finally did win the big one 
didn't really go to plan. This also happened at the awesome one night stand pay-per-view where he beat John Cena, so people were absolutely losing their minds. And a couple of weeks after this, he was busted for drugs by the police, and as punishment, WWE said, well, we're gonna take those belts away from you, and all of a sudden, Edge was champion again. So this did have a really limp ending, but again, just go and watch RVD versus John Cena, and you will understand why it places so highly this really is one of the best moments ever. Number 10, Ivan Koloff. If we are to believe the rumor reel, in 1971, when Ivan Koloff finally beat Bruno Sammartino, the fans went so quiet that if you had dropped a pin, everybody would have heard. This makes sense too, because at the time, Bruno had been champion for 2,803 days. So think back to when The Undertaker lost his streak to Brock Lesnar and times that by about a thousand. So despite the fact that Koloff did become another transitional champion, what a way to do it. No one is ever going to forget his name because he is the guy that finally toppled Bruno Flippin' Samardino. The nine, Andre the Giant. The world came to a still when at Saturday night's main event in 1988, Andre the Giant finally pinned Hulk Hogan to not only end his championship reign, but to become champion himself. Now this was pure sports entertainment because not only was there interference, not only had the million dollar man paid people off, but Hulk Hogan's shoulders were actually only on the canvas for a count of two. It then got even more crazy because the giant went, actually no, I'm going to sell my title to Dead DiBiase for a bunch of money. And honestly, some people go crazy about stories today, just go watch this. The reason it does get in here though is that this match is one of the most viewed ever with an estimated 33 million people tuning in. And I'll just tell you this, if 30 plus million people tune in to do everything, it's at least getting in the top 10. Number eight, Kofi Kingston. More about how he got it as opposed to how he lost it. Seeing Kofi Kingston become the WWE champion was proof to me that dreams can come true. And don't forget either that none of this was meant to happen because Kofi was a replacement for Mustafa Ali who suffered a concussion issue. But from nowhere, all of a sudden, Kofi Mania became a real thing and he had to outdo Vince McMahon then finally go on to WrestleMania to beat Daniel Bryan. This was absolute perfection. And when you start thinking about Brock Lesnar, just take it out of your brain and go whoop, and throw it over there. Of course, Kingston deserved better. But again, if you delete that from your memory, you just look off to the distance and smile. I love Kofi Kingston. Number seven, Chris Jericho. When it comes to historical title wins, few can lay claim to better than Chris Jericho because of course, when he became the WWE champion, he beat Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock one single night. So this was absolutely a huge moment in Jericho's career, especially because Kurt Angle was also part of that tournament. The sad thing for him being that Triple H was about to make his big return, meaning Jericho was going to be on the books. This all led to the WrestleMania 18 main event, and we remember what happened here, but this did put Jericho on the map, and ever since he's just been going up and up and up, and you can't fault him for that. Six, John Bradshaw Layfield. All these people that today go, oh man, even before 2004, I knew Bradshaw was going to become WWE champion. You go take your mouth and wash it out with soap. No, you didn't. After a total reinvention, though, where he did become John Bradshaw Layfield, he won the WWE championship from Eddie Guerrero and held it for 280 days. So while this was a one and done, that is a pretty damn good run. He also beat the likes of Booker T and Kurt Angle during this and only dropped it to The Undertaker at WrestleMania. But once again, he smashed it. So sure, his rise to the top may have come out of left field, 
But if you are going to do it, this should probably be the example. Number five, superstar Billy Graham. In the 1970s, superstar Billy Graham absolutely revolutionized the wrestling industry. Like, all you've got to do is go and watch him, and you'll be like, oh man, he inspired everyone. There's no surprise in 1977 that it was Superstar who was chosen to end Bruno Sammartino's second reign. And we've already talked about that. If you stop Bruno being a champion, you are one of the best. He was only the sixth person to hold this championship at the time as well, and was also the first heel champion that actually held the title for a long period of time. And once again, do you know what bad guy champions of today do? They look back and they basically copy superstar Billy Graham. He doesn't really get the recognition that he deserves today, but once again, I would implore you to go back and watch his stuff. Number four, Diesel. Now this is a controversial one, because of course we look back now and we say, man, Diesel's run a WWE champion didn't correlate to good business. But at the same time, he held the thing for over a year you got to put him in the top five. He also had some great matches with Bret Hart during this period. And really, and another reason I decided to put him here, is because if you had put anybody else in this role, would business have been any better? And I scratch my head and say, probably not. I mean, the WWE didn't help Kevin Nash because as soon as he did become the champion, they totally flipped his character. I mean, they're still doing that in 2022, so it shouldn't surprise anyone. Number three, The Ultimate Warrior. That is right, we all forget this today, but when The Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania to become the WWF champion, he was never gonna win it again. The whole point of this was to try and make Warrior the brand new leader of the company. And while that didn't work out, their match at WrestleMania remains a classic. They didn't really do anything. The main thing is though, while he was already a superstar, being able to lay claim to this fact did put him in the legacy and history books. And I understand he's a controversial figure today, but when it comes to one and dones, right up there. Number two, Eddie Guerrero. I mean, where the hell do we even start with this? But when Eddie Guerrero defeated Brock Lesnar at No Way Out 2004, I mean this as real as I possibly can, it was one of the greatest wrestling moments ever. One of the company's most beloved figures. Everybody deep down in their tipsy toes really hoped that Eddie would be successful at that pay-per-view, but you also didn't actually believe it. So after some interference by Bill Goldberg when he hit that frog splash and got the three, well, you gotta see it. This entry is Tim with sadness with obvious reasons, but I tell you this, if Guerrero hadn't tragically passed away, there is no two ways about it. He would have gone on to win this two, three, four, five, six, maybe even 78 times, and I would have loved every single one. Number one, Pedro Morales. He may not have been as famous as some of his contemporaries, but when Pedro Morales won the WWF title for only the fourth time in 1971, after he beat Nikita Koloff, he cemented himself as a legend. He would also hold this title for a ridiculous 1,027 days before Stan Stasiak would be drafted in, and we all know about that. And the reason we do bring him in here is because after Bruno Sammartino's dominance, it was Pedro who was handed the reins as he was told, well, Sammartino's going away, and we're gonna make you our new top star. His matches were also brilliant, and on a more global level, he was the first Latino star to be given such a platform which means he was opening those doors. So when you take all of this and put it together, he deserves his position at the top. And again, there's some homework for you. You can go on the internet and watch some of his matches. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.